You can tell it is getting cold outside because we have a Chris Spaggs decked out in his new splash play gear looking good over there. Yeah, it's definitely very cold in Los Angeles and not that I'm here promoting the merch store that Pete so lovingly put together, but it is a Friday show here. So I am in my finest splash play swag, ready to talk to Sam Hoppin, who is the bet spurts and four, four football data analytics manager. So lots of fun data conversation coming up. We're also gonna do some data visualization Pictionary, and we are going to do, of course, our ride or die picks and maybe even talk some Odell Beckham landing spots because now he is available. Maybe he'll be on splash play too. We'll find out right after the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet, and also the guy we just talked about, Sam Hoppin, who is the newly crowned, newly minted data analytics manager for Bet Spurts and for Four Football. How are you doing, Sam, and how is the new job treating you? I'm doing great. Just, uh, well, I guess we'll be wrapping up week one in the new role here this uh, this afternoon. So it's been good. It's been uh, interesting and fun to wake up and have a, a full time job that I'm more excited about and uh, happy to have. So, um, yeah, great to be here. And thanks for having me on the show. Wait, so what was your full-time job? I, I'm sure this is probably known. Pete knows because Pete, Pete actually pays attention on social media, unlike me, who just cruises through, occasionally gives out likes to be nice to people that I do like. Uh, but what was your day job before taking this full-time move over to the, the world of data analytics? I worked for about a consulting company, Bain & Company. They're a management consultant doing some partnerships stuff for them. So uh, nothing nothing too, too thrilling. A little, a little less corporate in my in my new gig, that's for sure. Just a little bit, of course. That's what we like here on Splash Play. So make sure you are hitting the like button, whether you're watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play channel. Of course, make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. They're helping us put on this show. Another great way to get more data in your life, including DVOA. It's going on over at Football Outsiders where they have a $1 a week package going. Um, and go just go check it out. Again, lots of great ways to make better lineups. Understand football more holistically over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. But Sam, I want to talk to you about data a little bit more up top before we talk about some of the Odell Beckham stuff and and Pete I put on the sheet here I didn't run it by you but I think we should do an Odell Beckham where should he go snake draft if that sounds viable to you yeah uh, I'm down for that yeah you gave Sam a tough lead in because you implied that uh, Odell Beckham might also be on the show so you know it's <laughs> uh, it's making it tough on him I mean, I think, you know, Sam, you know, as well as anybody, you're the young Odell Beckham. That's what everybody in the data analytics community has called <laughs> you. You bring that brash attitude. You're also always running go routes and people want you to run a slant. That's that's just the Sam Hoppin vibe, I think. Look, that's not the first time someone's called me that. Um, you know, usually it's I, I get comps to Randy Moss, uh, people like that, uh, of that ilk. But I'll, I'll take Odell Beckham right now. So you're real sharp about data, Sam, and obviously, you know, that's something that's important to us on this show. We do like to have fun here, but it does come from a place of of knowing what we're talking about and trying to have the best data in front of us at any given time. And I guess the question I would have for you is a guy who is making this move over where you're now, you know, fully embracing the sports side of, of your data-driven mind. What has been the stuff that crystallized for you, you know, overall in terms of your approach, uh, numbers that you look at in particular? Like what for you has made you feel like uh, you're as sharp as you put out there and everything that you're doing? I think for me, the big thing is just cutting through the noise. There's a bajillion stats that you can put out there, different cuts of the data, whether it's different weeks, things like that. 
And so trying to understand what the specific, you know, what's the best number of games to look at historically? What's the, uh, what are the right stats for, for running backs, wide receivers, things like that. And then with the visualizations that I do, putting it into a way that's easily, easily digestible for the viewer, something that someone can look at, hopefully within five seconds, understand what the main message is or, or give them some information that is a lot more, uh, I guess, in-depth than just listing a bunch of stats. That makes a lot of sense. Pete, I know you're obviously a big data bro. That's been one of your brands for a very long time. So do you have any thoughts on big data here now that we have somebody who's legitimately very sharp and, and worth pointing out to also creating fantastic graphics all the time at Sam Hoppin on Twitter. So I want to give you the floor too, Pete, if you have any questions. Yeah, no, I, I was just talking to this with uh, 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 Ryan Hodge on my GPP show, and I was also referencing a podcast I heard uh, Leone interview Lord Reeves and kind of you know, getting in the weeds a little bit with how defenses impact fantasy performance and how that's traditionally been a very hard thing to untangle, but kind of knowing that there are some micro edges there, but we might not just have all the data yet to, to kind of know where the signal and noise is. So yeah, it's one of those tough things where I've really simplified my kind of analytics stuff and especially for DFS and just trust that good projections are encapsulating a lot of that but i am excited for like the next frontier of data whether that is next gen stats or looking specifically at defensive formations and how that can impact fantasy performance because i do think there's still some meat on the bone to to get even sharper with what we're doing yeah, Sam, what does the future look like to you, Sam? Because obviously you're there on the front lines coming through the stuff. You've uh, seemingly taught yourself all the different programming languages and all that to make some of the visualizations you do. So what is that next wave of data for people out there? And, um, and how does it involve the metaverse? That's the question everybody's really wondering about. I think the next step, and I don't know when this will happen, is having public player tracking data available to us to be able to get an understanding of, again, how guys get into space when they're running routes, when they're running, if they're hitting their gaps the right way, stuff like that. Because there are there's a difference between a two-yard run in which you know the offensive line just totally broke down and a two-yard run when uh, the defender came up and, and got him in the back there or something like that. So I think that's, that's certainly the next frontier and is what's going to drive that next level of data analytics, both in, in fantasy football and in just sort of casual NFL football analysis uh, that you see on Twitter and stuff. Is there anything that you think that's going to radically change the way we viewed stuff coming with that? Because I know the next gen stats overall, they have a lot of the fun graphics that pop up sometimes during games, especially the Sunday night football broadcast. I feel that's where they like to put out their most fancy little bells and whistles they come up with. But is there anything that you're expecting to see that's going to, I would say, obviously you can't really expect something that's going to radically change everything you've done leading up to this point. But is there something that I think you might foresee that's going to really just change the game and how we approach this? I think it's more of the micro stuff like Pete was talking about is putting some of the, you know, some player performances into better context. If they were, again, if a, if a player was actually, you know, blanketed on their, their coverage when, when running their routes, you know, that's a little bit different than not getting any targets and just, you know, still being open. So I think it's those more, those more micro things and, being able to put it into context, put performances into context and understand what's going into some of these, these actual stats.
That's interesting. And it's definitely something we'll be tracking here on this show. And of course, I'm sure we'll be tracking over at Bet Sports and 4 for 4 Football, two great sites that we both, uh, Pete and I both would recommend, and certainly ones that I've kept eyes on and check on a regular basis as well. So go check them out. But let's do the Odell Beckham talk and let's see where we sh- where we think he should go because he has officially been released by the Browns. We were speculating about it yesterday, uh, came through the wire this morning, and it's been a tumultuous week of his dad posting the video of him open on plays. And then I know Pete was talking on some of the shows you did this morning. I was catching up on the On the Contrary show you did with Lafay and Awesome. Uh, talking about you know just some of the reports out there of Odell Beckham maybe not being the most attentive to his route running and all of that. But I think there are some obvious spots that he might go to, Pete. And I don't know if you want the first pick, if you want to give it to Sam, if we're going to do an Odell Beckham destination snake draft. But I do have a pretty good one I think I could throw out there too. Well, let's just uh, establish the parameters here. Is it what we think would be the most fun and the best for fantasy? Or are we drafting what we think is like the best fit or where he's most likely to go? I think there's some jazz here. I think it's whatever you feel like is the best combination. Ideally, both would be what I would say, where he okay. makes the team better, maybe fits the vibe. Maybe there's some infrastructure to make him a better guy. I have a really good first pick, Pete, so I hope you don't take it. Okay. Uh, I'm very ex- It sounds like normally I would defer to my guest, but you are clearly just uh, really want to get this one off. So say your landing spots, Bags. The Las Vegas Raiders should be bringing in Odell Beckham, a QB there who we talked about yesterday. I very much like Derek Carr's support of his teammate, Henry Ruggs, at a time where it's going to be very hard to support him moving forward. I thought leadership was there. I think that's the kind of guy who throws a lot of deep balls. Now, obvious vacancy as well, probably one that Brian Edwards can't fill or Darren Waller can't fill quite as well. And Odell Dell and that black and silver for the Raiders. Can you imagine that, Pete? What a perfect first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that was going to crack my top top five. Oh honestly. bullshit! That's a <laughs> such an obvious fit. Anywhere else, he's going to be like a little bit too much. You can put him on the Bucks. Like, okay, he's filling in for Antonio Brown for a few weeks, taking some Tyler Johnson routes or whatever. Like, that's not the most exciting. Goes to Vegas, clear cut role with that. They desperately need somebody in. Yeah, but I don't know if they. I mean that's not the role that they're now trying to fill. Like they're trying to fill the like deep threat role down the field that uh, Zay Jones is going to play. And I'm just not even convinced Odell is better at that than Zay Jones at this point in his career. It's an outrageous take. And because (laughs) of that, Sam, I think you get the number two pick here. I'm going to go. I I was just pulling up the, the waiver order to see like, again, which teams are at the top. I think Seattle is one that a lot of people are tying him to, but I'm going to go with the Colts. I I know they have Michael Pittman, but behind him, their wide receiver depth is not very good. They're obviously content on running the ball as much as as they want to, like they did last night. But I I think, and again, I don't know how the cap situation works right now, but I know the Colts have a lot of of cap space. They're they're playing a little bit better and, and could push for an AFC wildcard spot. So... They're, I think, 14th on the, the waiver order, so uh, unknown whether he'll he'll actually fall that far, but I think would be a good landing spot for him. Do we think he's going to like get picked up off of waivers, or do we think he's going to clear it because the deal's too much? Because I think that's something that the NFL is a little bit weirder with that. I, obviously, we're not cap experts here, so we're totally speculating, but um, I guess what do we have any read, Pete? Do you have any read on what the likelihood of that would be? Yeah, I mean, all I know is that they, you know, are finalizing restructuring his contract so it's more likely for him to get picked up by a team on waivers but we've also seen plenty of times with guys like josh gordon in the past and i'm I'm blanking on other scenarios maybe it was antonio brown did he when he got waived just like these guys clear waivers just because 
no one wants to be on the hook for whatever their current contract situation is. So I, I wouldn't assume that it's just like a lock that someone picks him off on, off of waivers. I could see him clear and, and then maybe sign on his own. Okay, so that's uh, a reasonable way to look at it. So I think, Pete, now we've got two picks off the board. Who would you put him on? Yeah, well, I I do think the most obvious, and they were actually connected at the trade deadline, is the Saints. So, mm -hmm. I mean, the Saints are in just desperate need of playmakers. Michael Thomas confirmed out for the season. Uh, I think he would fit in right there. We saw last year, I know Taysom Hill isn't going to start this week, um, but we saw Taysom Hill kind of lock in on Michael Thomas. I think that rapport could be good. And part of what this all stems from, right, with Odell is that he wants targets. He wants to be a, this alpha guy. He, I don't think the kind of, we mentioned the buck situation, obviously that would be good on paper for him, but I don't think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to get two to three targets a game. I think he wants to go somewhere where he can get eight or nine targets a game and new Orleans would certainly be one of those places. All right. So I think it's a reasonable take to have there. Sam, you got any thoughts on new Orleans? I feel like that's the obvious one. Certainly Pete, uh, really grasp for the low hanging fruit in a way. That's a classic Pete. I think we could also, well, I mean, just the fact that you were running <laughs> to the podium to say the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, I think it's the perfect fit. It's, it makes sense. There's a lot, there's news around it. It fit all the criteria, but, um, actually, you know, Pete, you could take the turn here and then we'll, we'll review everybody's picks at the end and decide, I guess the chat could also decide who the real winner is and it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders, but Pete, who do you want in the turn? Um, I think the turn I will do, you know, I don't think he, again, this goes back to the thing. Does he want to go somewhere he wants to be a Super Bowl contender uh, or not? I, I think he just wants to get fed. Let's say the, uh, the Falcons after now kind of with the uncertainty with, with Calvin Ridley, I mean, Tajay Sharp, uh, you know, Russell Gage, none of those guys really inspiring much confidence. And we know, uh, Matt Ryan can sling the rock when he has those weapons there. So I, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Atlanta. All right. Atlanta's a reasonable one. Calvin Ridley will be out again with his personal issues as those are ongoing. Um, I think a reasonable take, Sam. Now we've got those guys off the board as well. So who would you want Odell to do? We can just do two rounds here. So make this your final pick. As much as fun as the content would be, if like the Texans added him and picked him up off waivers, I'm going to go with the 49ers because I think they still believe that they are in playoff contention. They're not, they're not that far off of the, the NFL wildcard uh race right now and again that's a spot even though the the 49ers don't pass a ton he could step in easily as the wide receiver two there behind Debo so I'm gonna go with the 49ers okay I like that pick Debo certainly can use somebody to take the pressure off him if uh George Kittle coming back is a big thing but Brandon A clearly has not taken the leap that uh, some of us myself included hope for I'm curious what you guys are going to think about this one. I'm going to say in this team, also in the news this week, we're going to talk about some more Aaron Rodgers stuff in a second, but the Green Bay Packers really need a wide receiver too, I think, and they could use a guy like Odell coming in, taking those Alan Lazard uh, MVS targets. The uh, Obviously, Tanya now going to be out, so that's something that opens up a little more room, and I think there is room for him to get to the seven, eight targets as a team also leading their division. Still clearly Super Bowl contenders, no matter you know what Aaron Rodgers does the next two weeks, if he gets back in or not. Um, I think in this spot, Odell, to me, the Packers, Packers and Raiders, quite the dynamic duo for Odell. And Pete, you want to shit on my Packers choice as well? Um, I generally try to not pass up on an opportunity to shit on one of your picks, but that one uh, feels fairly logical uh, to me as well. I think he'd probably compliment uh, Devontae Adams decently in that offense. With Silas in the chat saying New England, do you, <laughs> you think him and think he'd ruin Mac Jones pretty fast? I feel like that would be one that would blow up within two and a half weeks max.
I think it, the what would be awesome is if he signed with New England and then Jacoby Myers immediately scored a touchdown once uh, <laughs> Odell Beckham was finally there. <laughs> I, I like what Greg is suggesting in the chat here that uh, the Giants go and pick him up. Just yeah. a little reunion right there. They're they're struggling. They got some injuries to the wide receiver position and uh, just a little reunion there. Why don't we just make this a nine round draft and name <laughs> every single team in the league? <laughs> I mean, the Giants too. Like somebody I saw was posting about this right before. Oh, it might have been um shit my money over at Osmo. Uh, Adam, of course, doing a great job over there too. And I want to give them all the credit in the world, especially now they're not paying me anymore. But I do think he had a good take about like why it's it's weird. The New York media, the Cleveland media, are taking so much glee in the Odell situation. And I think that's weird. And and maybe you know the Giants, we know we're not the happiest with them. The organization has changed over, I think, enough where um that's a possibility. But it does feel like it's tough to go back when the media sort of run you out of a town. And the New York media, if he were back um i don't know if, i don't know if there'd be positive enough vibes pete for them to make that work but it does make some degree of sense yeah i think that one uh could work out i will toss out one more while we're just uh really sure. doing here how about Honorable he mention. To, yeah. how about we go to houston i mean they literally have no one other than brandon cooks uh i believe he even played with tarod at one point when uh tarod was in in cleveland i mean how about that now we can get someone else to run it back with our houston stacks I think that's a decent one too. And I would throw in the Detroit lions. I think they're another team, him, him and Jared Goff out there. The boys that could have been together on the Rams or were those Odell uh, Rams trade rumors a few years ago. The point is, I think there's a lot of options for him. And I, I guess the question I'd have for both of you guys, and I'll ask you first, Sam, do you think there's any world where Odell doesn't get picked up by somebody this season? He just kind of has to sit on ice. I think, I think there is a world. Yes. There's, there's certainly a non-zero chance because, Again, there, there were some rumors that came out this morning about him being, you know, not a great person in the locker room. And then the, I think a bunch of players for the Browns retweeted that and said this is is not the case. But he by no means is not a distracted distraction off the field and could just be an annoyance to to a locker room. So I think there's a non-zero chance, but it's it's a very, very slim chance that he doesn't play the rest of the season. If you had to put odds on it, Pete, what would they be if Odell not getting picked up by anybody? That seems pretty slim to me. I would say that's probably like less than 10%. Yeah, I think 10% feels about right to me too. I feel like it could be one of those things like in the NFL draft sometimes where it's like, oh, this team took, went a different direction than QB. This other team didn't want a QB and now the guy falls and maybe there's some world where that happens where the people that make the most sense or the teams that make the most sense don't go his way. But it does feel like he'll land somewhere and obviously hopefully it happens within the next few days so we could talk about it on our Sunday episode of Splash Play. But again, guys, hit the like button if you're watching live in chat or after the fact. It helps us out a bunch whether you are watching on Peach channel or on the Splash Play channel. It just helps us get seen by more people it makes us feel good inside. So hit that like button if you can. Make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod as well. As I mentioned, we'll be doing a Sunday night special one more time before I drive cross country. So tune in then and we'll have the details on the timing. There'll be around 9 Eastern, but go follow us at Splash Play Pod and you'll know everything that goes down. Let's talk some week nine injuries that actually matter. And Aaron Rodgers uh, is quote unquote in the crosshairs of a woke mob, according to him. He's consulting. Uh, this was a tweet. I think Sam, you retweeted right before the show, but uh, consulting with Joe Rogan on a treatment plan for COVID and it really we talked about it a lot yesterday Sam so I'll give you the floor here but how do you feel about the situation it really does feel like he's doing an elaborate Andy Kaufman style bit now that he didn't get that Jeopardy hosting role but I just can't take these quotes like I crack up at everything that's gone on this week with him and and it seems like it just keeps getting worse so I am a Packers fan I grew up in Green Bay and so I have a little bit of a I guess different viewpoint on this and 
I'm just like ready for the Jordan Love era at this point. Like it when when all the offseason stuff happened about him not reporting to the team and stuff, like I understood he, you know, his reasoning for not, you know, the the front office not necessarily listening to him and things like that. And I sort of empathize with him a little bit. I still thought it was ridiculous, but now like he's just crossed the line that is just absurd. Like I, I, we don't need to get into politics of the, the vaccine, but it's some of this stuff that he was sharing on the Pat McAfee show earlier this afternoon and, and invoking a Martin Luther King quote uh, with regard Incorrectly. to vaccination <laughs> restrictions in the NFL, I think is a, a, a bridge too far. Yeah, that is the Aaron Rodgers experience. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast while I was showering before the show uh, to put on my fresh splash by attire. Couldn't subject my filthy body to this these fine goods you get at Pete's store. Um, but Pete, I feel like the the spot here with Aaron Rodgers that Simmons is talking about, like the diva thing, he kind of hopes that Roger Goodell will punish Aaron Rodgers for the situation where he's basically wasn't wearing a mask, even though he wasn't vaccinated, was not doing the protocols the way you're supposed to. Um, how are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers? As Sam mentioned, the pretty loaded interview he gave to Pat McAfee. You know, Pat's doing more of an entertainment show and Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure fashions himself quite the entertainer these days, but um, it is just outlandish at this point. The last time I felt like this was the, in the off season when the like Julio Jones trade rumors were going on forever. And I think I said to you, I'm just so exhausted. And that's how I feel by Aaron Rodgers at this point. I'm just so exhausted by all of his, uh, his bullshit. I'm like Sam too. I mean, I don't have a ton of confidence that Jordan love, is really good but it is as long as we can just be done with this roger shit like i'm ready for jordan love time maybe he will be good maybe the packers don't realize what they've been sitting on so uh yeah i i, I just have no more energy for aaron Rodgers. If Jordan Love knows to feed Devontae Adams and, and also Aaron Jones, I think those are things that'll probably work out pretty well for him, but we'll see uh, how he brings it this week against Kansas City. Uh, Trevor Simeon expected to start over Taysom Hill this week versus Atlanta. The question I'm going to ask, Pete, is why? Really, <laughs> is the guy, I feel like Taysom, the guy they've built for so long, they're paying a lot of money for. I know the injuries may be part of it too. And Simeon did look good in relief last week, but it feels like that's just something where he, if he starts cold, there'll probably be a pretty quick hook for him. Yeah, I was bummed by that because I was getting pretty excited to play Taysom Hill. I My hope is that, you know, they just didn't want to rush Taysom Hill coming back from the concussion. And I know he practiced in full uh, this week, but it sounds like they just wanted to give him maybe a little bit more time. We know how much uh Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill so I'm gonna assume not much has has changed there for him and that this is just gonna be a spot start for Trevor Simeon what what do you think Sam do you think uh Taysom Hill starts next week I do I, and that's that was my that's been my whole frustration with the Taysom versus Jameis thing all offseason is Sean Payton committed so much so much money so much time so much press time to saying that Taysom Hill was who they wanted to be sort of the future and invest in him. And then they just went with Jameis. So I do think now that, that Jameis is out, they'll go with Taysom. And I, and I agree that it's probably just a, you know, we want to ease him back, make sure that he's healthy and, and can take sort of the hits again. 
Yeah, I think there's a decent chance. I would have a tough time playing a lot of Trevor Simeon this week, but you know, the, he can win the job. I think that's the main thing is if he's going to see the, the floor, if he's going to be out there getting a chance to get some stats going, maybe there's a chance that he can hold off Taysom enough, but still going to lose that, that red zone work, still going to lose that goal line work that we saw happen enough for Jameis that it's hard to really trust that one moving forward. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, both game time decisions at San Francisco. AJ Green, is, as we talked about yesterday, out with COVID for the week. And Sam, how do you feel about the spot with Arizona where – it does feel like these guys are true game time decisions. DeAndre Hopkins coming off some hamstring issues. Kyler Murray, we know they don't want to risk what happened last year with him basically being driven into the ground. So how do you handle this one with this potentially being a, a very important spot if these guys don't play? So I'm actually shocked that Kyler is even a game time decision. When when the news came out last Friday after the Thursday night game, it sounded like this was going to be a two to four week injury for him. So I, I generally am more conservative with, injury related news and tend to avoid those guys because the the window for something going wrong becomes a lot bigger in those instances so i would veer away from them uh if possible you guys are the are more dfs uh experienced than i am so i don't know how that plays with the the ownership versus you know sort of risk reward aspect of things but it's it's something I would personally not want to to put my my money money into. Pete, how are you feeling about it? Because it is a spot I know you are a big Rondale Moore guy. You have been there from day one and certainly going to open up some more routes, uh, whether Hopkins is banged up or not. But it could be routes getting the ball thrown by Colt McCoy. So that could be something that's not the best. Yeah. And I think, yeah, for DFS, I think he's just kind of an easy fade. There's no reason to kind of look to that game. I do think it's tougher for season long. You know, if you have Kyler and you're debating between him and, and someone you pick up on waivers where you're now debating between a Kyler or, you know, a Daniel Jones, I think um, if you have kind of a backup option that's going at 4 PM or Sunday night football or Monday night, I think you could probably roll the dice, but otherwise I think I would be trying to avoid that situation. And then, yeah, I mean, the entire offense takes a hit too. I, I wonder, and say, I'm curious what Sam thinks about how much their pace would drop, how much more they would run. I doubt we see, you know, as much of their kind of up-tempo offense. So I, I'm, I'm definitely worried about all the players and that, that game just kind of cratering from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head where they're at from a, a pace perspective, but I do. I mean, the, the game plan will change if if Kyler Murray is is not the quarterback, and it, is it Cole McCoy who's the the yeah. backup in yeah. uh, in Arizona? So I don't think is a completely incompetent uh, option there. But DeAndre Hopkins in the past has shown that he's sort of quarterback proof, and so I wouldn't, you know, if he's healthy and playing, I wouldn't worry as much about him. It's more the ancillary pieces of. Rondale Moore, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, that I would again be less excited to start. And then from the backfield perspective, I think both James Conner and Chase Edmonds, regardless of what happens, uh, would be good starts this week because they've both been playing really well. And uh, Chase Edmonds finally scored a first first touchdown last week. So hopefully that continues to roll this week. 
Yeah, we have seen the backup QBs. Obviously, Mike White being the one that we talked about heading into yesterday's game, unfortunately ended up getting hurt. But uh, the running backs can benefit. And Chase Edmonds being a low A dot guy, potentially is running to over 22 routes per game. Maybe he does get a little bit of an uptick if you see Colt McCoy out there. Something to keep in mind here. Probably more of a concern for the afternoon slates, I would think, for DFS. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Christian McCaffrey will reportedly be limited to 40 to 50 snaps if he plays versus New England. Sam Darnold limited in practice coming out of the concussion protocol. He's questionable. And uh, Pete, Christian McCaffrey in this spot against New England, a, a tough defense or not as tough as they've been historically, but still definitely a uh, gamer, especially in the red zone this year. Are you willing to play Christian McCaffrey on a limited snap count, knowing that uh, he really is an important part of this offense, especially if we had PJ Walker somehow at QB, you got to imagine they would rely a lot more on McCaffrey and some of those checkdowns. Yeah. And about, we did just get the report about 25 minutes ago that Darnold's officially doubtful uh, oh, okay. for this week. So it does look like we are going to get PJ Walker. And then the latest from the team is just saying they're hopeful CMC goes. I, I actually think he's on the wrong side of questionable. I kind of doubt he plays. Um, if he does play, we've seen this spot for McCaffrey a few times coming back from injury where once he, they do suit him up, like he's good to go. They're giving him the full workload. So I will be very interested in playing him if he suits up, but the vibe I'm getting is he's not going to play. Also, Greg are pointing out, and this is, we've moved past this topic, but apparently Trevor Simeon's nickname, according to pro football reference is T money sizzle. So that's Sam. Does that change anything for your Trevor Simeon uh, thoughts? And <laughs> it, it does not. I did see that the other day. And it, if you, if you want a good time, just like head over to pro football reference and click around on players and see what the nicknames are, because some of them are just out of this world crazy. And like, you've never heard them before. I, I used to sponsor the Dante Moncrief page on pro football reference. I'm curious how many years I signed up for that. I think it might be gone now. I did send a request to pro football reference. I think last off season to get uh, the mentor added to Daryl Williams uh, page, but <laughs> They denied me, unfortunately, <laughs> despite me sending them a tweet from Evan Silva saying, you know, referring to him as the mentor. You got to love how we spend our time, you know, sending <laughs> oh, yeah. a nickname request to pro football reference. That's just classic P money sizzle is what I'm going to call yeah. you now. <laughs> you're, you're hot new nickname in the streets. Saquon Barkley will be out for their battle versus Las Vegas. And the question I have for both of you guys, I'll start with you, Pete. Devontae Booker, does he get meaningfully boosted enough for you? I feel like the price tag has come up. He's an interesting tournament play. We have seen him spike that upside. But I just feel like at this point, I feel like a lot of the interest I would have in him has kind of been priced out. Yeah, I think he's a fine play. I mean, we've been seeing him get, you know, five to six targets a game and he's been catching those those balls. It's just like he has no explosive playmaking ability. They don't seem to get a ton of red zone opportunities. So I feel like he's one of those higher floor safe plays without a ton of ceiling. You probably need him to fall into the end zone twice to really pay off. Sam, how about you? Do you have any sort of love in your heart for Devontae Booker and uh, revenge game, as some people on social media have pointed out against Vegas? Oh, I didn't even remember the, the, the revenge game. <laughs> An illustrious there. stint for him as a that, You know, I had like four paragraphs written about uh, Devontae Booker, and now that that's all completely out the window because the revenge <laughs> game inherited. But no, I think I, I agree with Pete. There, I mean, he's not Saquon Barkley. He's getting the work. He's getting the volume. But to again to pay off in DFS, he's going to need a, a much higher ceiling than what he's produced. The the uh, excuse me, the Giants have not played uh, had a ton of plays per game the past five weeks, so I don't I don't think that that's going to boost this week either. So someone I wouldn't be scratching uh, scratching the surface of getting into my DFS lineups. 
Yeah, I think if you get him 5%, I would even, that's more than enough to me, but it's definitely not a priority play. Uh, there should be a game maybe that has some scoring going on, given the Raiders not a great team, according to DVOA. And the Giants, same thing for them. Julio Jones, our boy Joshua is in chat. Uh, thankfully, we got some Julio Jones. Says he sat out last week for precautionary reasons. We'll be back versus the Rams on Sunday Night Football. And obviously, we'll talk about ride or die picks for that game. But uh, Pete, Julio being back in, does that matter too much to you? Um, No, not a, not a ton. Uh, it wasn't, uh, that, that game's not on the main slate. So I haven't really even given it any consideration if we're just being fully transparent and honest with our analysis. That's what we look for here. Your transparency and honesty, Pete, in these tough times in this economy, that's what we need. I mean, I'm pretty good at bullshitting. And even there, I was about to try to like bullshit off a take and I was like, I got nothing. (laughs) Sam, how about you? You're missing uh, obviously the bell cow running back in Derrick Henry. Is there a world where Julio Jones, AJ Brown, though AJ Brown, I think was not practicing uh, the most recent reports as well. Uh, I don't think he should be okay. But anyway, these guys are out there. Does that sort of give a bump up, especially on the data level where you are missing a running back who's getting an incredible amount of touches, an incredible amount of passes this year too. And now maybe does it make Julio somebody you'd want to play against the Rams? I don't think so. I think from a season long perspective, if you have Julio at this point, you have found a, a suitable replacement for him, or maybe you haven't and you're, you've lost four straight or whatever, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd, Again, this is something where in the past, yes, I'd be locking Julio into my lineups, but he he has struggled at times this year. I don't think Derrick Henry being out really impacts Julio Jones' performance all that much. It's a reasonable take. And also people in the chat, Andrew, saying Pete hates island games so much. Pete, I thought you were an island boy. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? I'm an island boy. <laughs> It seemed like some slander in the chat from Andrew Mackins. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Julio because I'm an island boy. <laughs> Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman both trending towards playing against Minnesota. And uh, Sam, we've seen uh, Rashad Bateman have a little bit more of a share with Watkins coincidentally being out. Both guys coming in again as a data man. You got to see uh, some of the winds blowing. there. probably not great for the overall passing attack. If you are going to rely heavily on any of these guys. I, it will be interesting to see how. Rashad Bateman plays with Watkins in the lineup because that's not something we we've had the chance to to see here. I hope that talent sort of prevails and and rises to the top and and Bateman gets more opportunities here. But I I expect both of them to get their fair share of work. Um, I'm trying to remember who that they they played. They played the uh, the Vikings, so I I think they'll be able to have some success running the ball, obviously as they do most weeks, but. Um, neither of them really more than a flex play. Pete, how about you? You've been beating that Bateman drum. One of your, one of your wide receiver young boys, you've been touting left and right this year. So how are you feeling about Bateman in this spot with Sammy Watkins also possibly coming back? Yeah. I mean, I think he, you know, he's just far less attractive, uh, in basically any format. He was going to project pretty well, even in DFS as a cheaper play. If Sammy wasn't playing, uh, I even know in a couple of our ship chasing FFPC leagues, you know, we were going to consider starting him in some spots, but yeah, I think we need to take a wait and see approach. I still believe that Bateman could kind of really ascend there and be like a one, a one B type with, you know, Marquise Brown by the end of the season, because I think he's that good, but uh, it might take a couple more weeks for him to fully separate here. And we talked about this one a little bit yesterday, but Sam curious on your thoughts here. Tyrod Taylor is going to be starting at Miami. Do you have any faith in him here? Cause the limited sample size we have them for the year in Houston is actually not that bad. And he's projecting decently for me as a result. I don't know how much I trust that, but in a week where people maybe go to some other value plays, are you willing to go to Tyrod Taylor? 
I am. I think he, again, he played well in the, the limited time that he had earlier this season. He was running the ball and had a couple games with 40 plus rushing yards. And that's, that's huge for, for fantasy value, obviously. So I think, you know, if you're, you want to stack that game, maybe something with Tyrod and and Brandon cooks, because he was obviously getting hyper targeted in those games as well. So I'm certainly excited about Tyrod returning to, to the the Texans. It, It can't be much worse than what Davis Mills has done the past several weeks. Pete, how about you? Tyrod looking like he's projected for about 5% ownership, according to Osmo. Are you willing to go Tyrod Taylor's way with him? Uh, maybe an interesting GPP dart throw. Uh, yeah, I am interested in in Taylor, and I think he even kind of looks better to me than Jordan Love, uh, who's even cheaper than him. But he projects really well. I like that game as well. Now that uh, Parker is doubtful, I think the kind of plays are are obvious, maybe too obvious, you could say, for tournaments. But I think Tarot is very much in play if you want to do even kind of like a naked uh uh, you know, thing with him and get access to some of these uh more higher price guys. And the other reason I like it too, and I was talking about this with Hodge, is the two most popular quarterback plays right now look like the two most expensive high-end guys in Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. So I always like that idea of flipping the build too, if you want to go lower. And I think Terod has uh, enough upside to, to justify it there. Interesting little game theory options there. So there's injuries that actually matter. And, and Pete, are, are we ready to do data visualization Pictionary or do we feel like that might be? Uh, why don't worth- we do like, why don't we just do what and see how it goes? Cause I do want to give this a shot. I didn't prep Sam on this okay. segment because we were going to spring it on him. And I, I guess I don't know exactly how we're going to do it, but we should try it. Okay, let's try it. So where where uh where are we gonna get the link? To All right, it? I just posted the link in the private chat here. Okay, so I'm gonna have to do it on this PC. Okay. So basically, what our goal with this one was to do, and, and admittedly, Pete was very enthusiastic about it. I was very enthusiastic about it. We didn't really have a great plan on how to attack it. We wanted to do data visualization pictionary, and we've got this link here now where you can see I'll, I'll just an example. I'm gonna draw, I'm gonna draw my name. Hey, Chris, that's me drawing right now. You can see it on the screen there. Wow, what beautiful handwriting I have on this one uh but pete uh what sh- <laughs> immediately to Petus's immediately <laughs> it's a it's it's a piece of it's a vegetable chris just get your mind out of the gutter what uh, kind of vegetable would that be <laughs> like, a mutated cucumber a monsanto thrown out oh it's an eggplant and two cantaloupes down at its base Okay. Thank you for that, Pete. But yeah. how do you, how do you want to manage this one? I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> thought we were going to do Pictionary where one of us, uh, either a, a name of a player or some kind of, uh, situation and they have to draw it and we have to guess. Okay. That, that seems reasonable. So, um, first, I guess, how do you, you want to do the first one, Pete? I don't even know how to race now. It's not working. I, I just did the, if you do the undo button on the left, uh, toolbar, you can make yours go away. Oh, okay. Can't Keep going. Thing. Keep clicking. There. Ah, oh, there we go. Goodbye, C. Goodbye, H. No, not goodbye, H. There we go. All right. Pete, you can go first here as I slowly, very slowly make my way over to clicking these things. There we go. All right. Now we're clicking. Now we're clicking. Okay. Um, how about this? We need we need so so I honestly get anxiety when I think about trying to draw. I had a few of these prompts on the randomizer this summer and I had to draw a helicopter on the show with Ian Harditz and I'm so, so awful at drawing that I'm scared. So if you guys want a good time, 
uh, maybe we can make me try to draw something. Should I get a suggestion from the chat? How about this? You guys don't look at the chat. Okay. I am going to get a suggestion of something to draw. Uh, and you guys have to guess, uh, what I'm trying to do. Okay. That seems fair. So no cheating, Sam. I know uh, no, we've, I, we've I brought you on the show. Out. You've had a torrid history of cheating. We all know that. <laughs> Can you get rid of your last little bit here, Spags? It's I, I don't know. It's not going away. I'm trying to click it. And it's, it's not doing it for me. I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. Uh, there we go. There thank we go. You, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Ready to go. All right. So put your prompts in chat now, Pete. Do you see any that will work for you here with your artistic? No, ability? I mean, I'm going to show this one because I'm not going to do it. But I mean, like, if we're not just doing anything. <laughs> like, this is it was supposed to be football related. What about a football T Rex? <laughs> okay. These suggestions are just completely out of pocket. <laughs> What is this? Is what we get for not planning this statement? Can I get some kind of football? Maybe, maybe an advanced stat. Maybe I have to try to draw an advanced stat that these guys could guess without them, uh, without actually spelling it. Uh, that would that would be helpful. Or, or Pete, you can just come up with your own too. I think that is part of the equation. Here. Okay, it's, you're right. We don't I have know, to go full. I, whose line is it anyway? And take audience requests. But I wanted to let the chat know which one I was doing. Uh, so oh, that's I'm, a good point. This is what I'm going to write. I will write in the chat what I am going to okay. try to do. That's smart. We're figuring this out. If we're if we're going to make this a bit, again, on the air show prep, that's what we always try to do here on Splash Play. We're figuring it out. Team effort. Okay. So this, um, I, I'm just uh, typing in the chat what I'm going to try to convey. And okay. uh, I'm going to see if you guys are able to do this. So. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to take advantage of some of these built-in things here. Smart with a square. Okay. Can't draw your own square. Back in my day, we used to hand build a square. <laughs> okay. X's. Seems like he's doing a play of some sort, if I had to guess. Maybe some sort of formation. Eye yeah. formation. Okay. Okay, so it's a play. Um, Shit. Is it a play? <laughs> X's and O's, not Jim's and Joe's. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Okay. So, yeah, that's a play. Uh, okay. Well, I don't necessarily <laughs> want it to be a play. Okay. This is a tough game, man. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know what else it is. So, play. what if you guys think of like. Oh, is it a. Uh... Is it someone's like route chart or like their targeted charts or you're, something? You're on. You're very warm. You're very oh, the warm. passing charts. Yeah, like the next gen stats. Like the next gen yes. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Next gen stats. All right. There we go. <laughs> I was good. good about that. Thank you. Thank right, you. Actually, I, I think I have one too that I'll, I'll do. I'll drop in chat. So, no. So, you guys don't cheat. Don't look in chat. Uh, what is this? Green Pete and his blotchy chest there? <laughs> I mean, all right. So I'm I'm xing off a chat now. I'm not okay. looking at chat. Do you want? Okay. Hang on. Let, let me. So this is the eraser button, Spags. I found the eraser here. Okay. All right. So you're you're next. All right. So I'm drawing it in. Uh, okay. All right. Are so you getting a suggestion from the I'll chat? Yep. It's in there. All right. So I'm gonna draw. Can you give us the like general framework? Is this stats? Is this what? this is going to be a type of statistical presentation? Okay. Pie chart. Oh wait. Oh, what the fuck? Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I got away from me a little bit there. Uh, all right. 
And then do we have colors? A, I would like a, a, Venn, Venn, a Venn, Venn diagram. It is a Venn diagram. Yes. Um, and is it like a, these... heat, a heat map? Hold on. Hold on. I'm using different colors. Oh, I can't do white. That's going to be confusing. Well, there's what, literally what white is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. I, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, Sam, what, what fantasy football stat stuff use a Venn diagram? I have no idea. More of a meme format, I suppose, if we're going to do it, <laughs> if we're going to be technical. A meme format here. Mm -hmm. So is the right part of it white then? So it's red, green, and white? Yes, one of the circles is red, green, and white. Is this something Italian-related? <laughs> it, it might be, Pete. Oh, it, it might be. What? I, so it, it has it's an Italian meme format that has to do with fucking fantasy football? What is going on? It is. In, I, I, you're not going to get it. <laughs> so so I went I'm going to be so pissed when you say what it is. It's a Venn diagram of Italian American and backup QBs that Spags loves. Jesus Christ. What are you doing, Spags? <laughs> Francis thought it was an Italian beach ball. So again, we got the Italian part. I feel like we were mostly there. <laughs> Sam, you you made a Venn diagram and then colored it Italian. <laughs> I thought it had to do with fantasy football stats. <laughs> I, I thought it was more of a splash. It was just in my head since we talked about it yesterday. I don't know, man. It came out. Sam, uh... You have the choice. I don't I've want got, to put you I, on the I've spot. I've got an idea. I, I'm okay. going to draw a player. Um, okay. Awesome. So I'm going to I'm going to put him in the chat. Okay. Oh, I got to close. This All right. Oh. I closed out of the chat. Okay. I'm not looking. Yep. Okay. All right. Now Watch let's... Sam just be able to just be the fucking of sketch together. It's going to be like the most beautiful visualization. We'll be like, what the yeah. fuck? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> Sam's just pasted something in from one of his actual data yeah. programs. <laughs> It's going to be Aaron Rodgers refusing the vaccine. <laughs> uh, tape tape measure, ruler, map That's rule. A That's a football field. Why? What makes you think it's a football field? I think the hash marks are really what's key. In looks me like in. a ruler to me. Football field, cowboy hat. Rule, field, 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 field hats. Field, yes. I was thinking field, yes. Uh, Justin, like, Justin Fields. Justin, yeah, it could be Justin Fields. Uh, what is on the right? Okay, it's a hat. Hmm. It's is it a is it an eggplant with two cantaloupes? <laughs> oh, it's my favorite player, Ruler Sabrera. Uh so what is this? What's the little squiggly? What's thing? sorry? This was supposed to be an arrow. Okay, that's an arrow. Okay. That's helpful. Hat arrow, bell arrow. Oh, bell curve. Bell curve, bell curve, field bell curve. Wait, Le'Veon Bell? Yes. Oh. I was what? trying to go with like level, like lead. Oh, bell. okay. And I could, I, the only thing I could think to draw as a level was a ruler. Uh, Seems I like I'm two for two here, dominating the Pictionary game. I do just want to say, Sam, because he does stat chasing on uh, my StreamYard account for ship chasing, is logged in on my account, and this wasn't me colluding and suggesting. <laughs> I, well, I thought I, I saw that, and I thought that you put the name of the player that I was going to do and just like read my mind and put it in there at the same time. And I was very confused. Uh, well, I think was... we figured out a bit. I think we could revisit that one. That wasn't bad. Good effort by us. Thank you for doing that, Sam. And I feel like, you know, I got it right. And that's really what matters.
it could have it could have gone a lot worse. I'm very <laughs> impressed that we pulled that off. All right, we got to make better time here on the ride or die picks. Of course, our cherished segment here. We're going to negotiate for everything. But if but if you're watching live or after the fact, please hit that like button. And of course, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, give Splash Play five stars and a review because it does help us out a bunch. Helps us get subscribed by more people on there. Helps us get uh, really getting on the top charts is the goal. If we could do that before the end of the year, even top 200. If I could beat, I don't know, whatever NBC Sports Edge is like fifth ranked basketball podcast like we'll be doing okay so that's the goal give us five stars and a review pete please tell sam what he can look forward to here in our our new and improved version of rider dies for this season i just want to say back that i know we don't have time to waste but you have mastered this thing where you do a plug and then you immediately undercut it. You did it with awesome earlier. Like uh, Josh over there is doing great work, but I don't want to say too much nice stuff because they don't pay me anymore. <laughs> and then we go into bashing NBC Sports Edge. Just no, we're not bashing. Up. It's more that like their fifth best NBA podcast is like going to be in the top 200 and we can't crack it. That was more self-efficing to be clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things we do the best around here. NBC Sports Edge knows I love them. I, I told I told Ed, I sent him a link to that video that we did with Daigle. And I was like, check out, check this out, Ed Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they know we love them they're good natured ribbing okay all right we're, we're off to the races yep. we are going to uh we're gonna be very efficient with our negotiating this week okay we'll do the best we can so let's start it out here and of course we do have one three ten pointers nothing in between sam so keep that in mind first game on the board houston 20.3 implied points miami 25.8 implied points books have it as a six point line edge sports edj sports we run a hundred thousand simulations also a six point line and uh pete set the bar accordingly for sam here and take the first ride or die pick yeah well we we talked about Terod taylor right um mm -hmm. let's do i'm gonna come out hot say Terod taylor in the winning millie maker lineup Okay, it's an interesting one. So, Sam, there you go. That would be a normal 10-pointer if you pick a guy that goes into the Millie Maker winning lineup. It's a pretty low probability one. So, what do you want in this game? Now, to my understanding, like, this can be anything football-related, yeah, right? Anything. So, I, I came up with Houston scoring 35 points. That's a that's a 10-pointer, yeah, 10 right? Pointer? Okay. Specific, yeah. What's their implied team total? Right, at like least 14? 35 points, There's not 20. exactly 35. 20.3? They yeah. haven't scored... 35 points since week one and have scored like single digit points. And who was their ever. quarterback week one when they did that, Sam? <clears throat> next, right. next game. Ty God. All right. For me, I got to take mine. I will take, and this may be a surprise to some people. I'll take Tua Tagovailoa in the Millionaire Maker winning lineup. All right. I'm glad to see you're coming around on Tua. I have bashed him a lot. I think it's more the matchup and Houston being that bad, according to DVOA, giving up just a 5% boost overall uh, to the opposing teams, but a 5.5% passing DVOA boost. And maybe that's just what Tua needs to be less mediocre. Cleveland, 22.3 implied points. Cincinnati, 24.8 implied points. Battle of Ohio. Sam, you know the rules now. What do you want for your ride or die pick in this game? Okay, so mine is Jamar Chase posts more yards in this game than Odell Beckham Jr. has had all season, which is 232. So he has at least 232 yards in this game. God, you're so good at this. Not only are these aggressive, but they're fun. They're dynamic. I went for like, like all 10 this. Here. I, I, I love it. Skirt the middle. Uh, that's definitely a 10 pointer over yep. 232 yards. Yes. I think any player you could pick that for, and that would be a 10 pointer. Pete, I will let you go before me. What do you want? Uh, yes, as Spags would say, I'm going to leverage uh, against Sam's pick here. How many points do I get for if Tyler Boyd is uh, the leading receiver on the Bengals? So outscores Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. 
with variants that feels like a three. I yeah. Okay. I know he hasn't played great this then year, give but... give me give me the the outscores them. How about outscores them by two and a half? The high whoever scores more, Boyd scores. Whoever scores more between Higgins and Chase, Boyd scores two and a half. I'd say five. Five. Yeah, the, yeah I was gonna say four and a half or five. Okay. Four and a half, I'll take it. Thank you. Okay, four and a half seems nice. All right. For me, I will say, um, <laughs> I wanna I wish I just didn't do the two one. Baker Mayfield and millionaire maker winning lineup seems like a choice, but I won't make it here. Um, I'll say Baker Mayfield throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns in his swan song here uh for Odell Beckham. Uh Pete, does that seem like a 10 pointer to you? 300 plus yards and three passing TDs or more uh yes i will say that's a 10 pointer okay fantastic i mean that would probably put him in the millie maker winning millie maker line it would but I, I can't yeah i'm just basically doing two versions of the same thing but i i feel like baker is spiteful enough as as i talked about yesterday people don't follow me on twitter i'll fucking come and get them baker mayfield's gonna <laughs> yes sam i don't know if you saw our big uh twitter controversy yesterday did did you happen to follow spag before the show started yes sam, sam's i good. did but i i missed uh this this thing oh spags was like calling out all of his enemies who don't follow my twitter and then smiz was in the chat was like you don't follow me <laughs> and it was completely accidental sam and it was very embarrassing for me to be wrong in that venue but sam not only follows uh me and pete he also follows the splash boy handle so sam is like a level above sam is like on a pedestal to me i'm putting putting that hopping on a pedestal that's what i see. okay all right let's uh let's, let's keep, keep going. going vegas 24.8 implied points giants 21.8 implied points three point line according to the books a one point line according to edge sports is hundred thousand simulations so i'm um, also interesting to note over under that they have there is 51 compared to 46.5 in the books so maybe some juice taking the over and i am due to go first in this one and i will say oh man i don't i'm not buying the zay jones hype hunter renfro <sighs> If Hunter Renfro outscores all the pass catchers for Vegas, including Waller, what is that? Oh, that's combined or uh, each individually. individually. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a three pointer. Yeah, I mean Renfro's what, what, projecting for like fourteen points, Waller's like seventeen points. That's a classic three pointer. What if it's four and a half points more than every receiver? Mm, six and a half. Five and a half. Six. <laughs> all right six points more than every receiver for 10 points including when it. you say receiver we aren't we're including waller in this yes yes every pass catcher yeah. every pass yes. catcher. um uh pete what do you want i am going to say for 10 points Kadarius tony the highest scorer in the game including the quarterbacks okay that's 10 points yeah that's 10 that's 10. a reasonable 10 but still definitely a 10 uh sam what do you want i struggle to come up with one for this so i'm just gonna Follow your guys' lead and say Derek Carr is in the winning million maker lineup. There you go. Like At fifty nine hundred, definitely in the cheap quarterback conversation. Yeah, and that'd be a one pointer if Odell Beckham were on the team because it'd be such a sure thing that nobody could avoid. <laughs> That's what we all know about the Raiders. Uh, next game up, we got Minnesota twenty two implied points, Baltimore twenty eight implied points. A game with a good amount of ownership. It looks like, as Pete mentioned, to one Lamar Jackson. So keep that in mind, Sam, as you're making your picks. But what do you want in this game, Minnesota and the Ravens? So this might be this might be a three pointer, but I, I was gonna say Lamar Jackson outrushes the Vikings as a team. What no, I think that's a 10 pointer. Is it all right? You're saying I mean, so that includes point. every rushing yard from Cook, Madison, Cousins, yeah, the anything. whole team. That's a 10 pointer to yeah, me, that's, that's that's hard to do as a QB, even though it is Lamar. That's yeah, that's a good one. But I like that like one. 
plus EV 10 pointer though. Sam really bringing to bring some heat this week that I think could, could beat us finally, Pete. All right, Spags, you go second on this one. Um, I will say in this one, um, <laughs> Adam Thielen top scoring position player in the game. Is that 10? Uh, no. Okay. Damn it. Um, Adam Thielen, 30 fantasy points. Yeah, that's 10. Okay. Yeah. Done. Uh, I will do Justin Jefferson, 30 fantasy points. <laughs> oh, great leverage. You got there. Pete. Love it. Love it. When you do it that way. Thank you. <laughs> Next game up. We got Denver 19.5 implied points. People in the chat pointing out Noah fans officially out. Uh, we think we talked about that yesterday, but he is on the COVID list. So he's not playing Dallas getting 29.5 implied points on their side. And I think Pete, we're back to you to go first. Uh, yes, let's do, um, 10, do I get a 10 pointer if Dalton Schultz is the highest scoring non quarterback for the Cowboys? So I'm saying outscores Zeke, CD Lamb, and Amari Cooper. It, that's tough because the receivers are questionable oh, going into this yeah. game. Oh, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I honestly didn't even know that. My bad. Uh, <laughs> what about in the entire game, Pete? Would you think they could beat the Broncos side? I mean, I no, I'm trying to let's not get crazy here. I'll, okay. I'll give you the 10 points. Thank you, Sam. Next, <laughs> Sam, what do you want here? Dallas and Denver. I'm gonna say that Javante Williams doubles Melvin Gordon's <sighs> fantasy score. I now that that's a 10 pointer. Actually, it should be a three because it's so likely uh to happen, but I will give Sam 10 for that. Would Melvin Gordon because we all think Melvin Gordon's so bad. If he were to have a hundred yards and a touchdown, would that be a 10 pointer, Pete? <laughs> A hundred yards rushing, hundred cumulative yards and a touchdown. Not a hundred scrimmage yards, yes, but a hundred yards rushing and a touchdown. Okay, fine, but it can be. It could be a passing or a rushing. I touchdown. will allow any touchdown, but it has to be a hundred yards rushing okay. for a ten pointer. Okay, fine, I will take that because Melvin Melvin Gordon's so bad, right? He could never do that a million years, huh, fellas? <laughs> you're tilting new england 22.3 implied points carolina 18.8 implied points as we talked about uh, earlier in the show sam darnold now downgraded to doubtful christian mccaffrey might make it in and i think i'm due to go first in this one and okay i gotta i gotta go with the brand here of course backup qb is the thing i've been beating that drum all year long all last year pj walker three 250 yards <laughs> two touchdowns speed is at 10 you didn't want to do the mike white 300 no. yards 300 yeah. touchdowns. 300 yards rushing is what <laughs> say uh, it no. again say it again pj 250 Walker. yards passing two touchdowns that's not a 10 pointer but it's a he's a backup he's, he's a, a simple he's, boy he's from literally the starting this week he's not a backup um how about 275 two touchdowns no that's like a that's like his 80th percentile outcome. This isn't a 10 pointer. Hold on. What's the PJ Walker prop line? That's the question I would have. Um, his his oh, prop line is 225.5. It looks like I will give you a 10 pointer for PJ Walker would be, let's make it fantasy points over 27 and a half DraftKings points. 25 and a half. No. 26 and a half. <laughs> Sam's getting in on the negotiation. 26.9. <laughs> Thank you. 26.9 sold. Fine. Done. 10 pointer. Fine. What do you want, Pete? Um, I will DJ more over 30 DraftKings points for 10. Okay. Good correlation play with my PJ Walker. So he's going <laughs> to do it all on end around handoffs. <laughs> Sam, what do you want in this game? So I, I wrote mine down before knowing that Donald was doubtful. And I had that he scores fewer fantasy points 
than he has in the last two games that he's faced New England combined, which would be 4.36 fantasy points. Because hmm. he seems has likely that. to happen now, I think. But okay, so if he doesn't start, then I'm going to say Robbie Anderson out scores DJ Moore. Oh my God, I hate you for that. Is um, that? But is that a ten pointer? Is that still a three? Yeah. At some point, okay. I mean. I would say you say outscores. Yeah. I mean, in the spirit of that is like a six and a half, but uh, I'll give him a 10 for that just because Robbie sucks so much ass. <laughs> okay. That's reasonable. So there we go. Buffalo 31.5 implied. Honestly, I didn't even realize this was a game this week, but Buffalo 31.5 implied points. Jacksonville 17 implied points, 15 point dogs here uh, at home for Jacksonville. It is an eight point line according to edge sports. So maybe some value taking the Jacksonville cover and Sam, I feel like we're back to you to go first. I'll go with Trevor Lawrence outrushing Josh Allen. Ooh. Okay. That seems like, what is it, Sam? What is it? What's the projections over there? How many rushing yards do you have Trevor Lawrence projected for? I mean, I'm. it is 4.1 rushes per game for Trevor Lawrence, 7.4 for Josh Allen. On that alone, I feel like that's still probably a 10-pointer because we, we know Josh Allen's a running QB. Trevor Lawrence doesn't get that rep. All right. All right. It seems sneaky. We'll give it to him. Um, I will do Spags. Hmm? Oh, no, no. Is it five top five scoring guys or Buffalo Bills? Nope. I wasn't even going to do that. <laughs> Felt like it was coming. Something. I'm going to. How about this? 10 pointer. If Zach Moss outscores every single Jag, including the quarterback. I think that's a three-pointer based on the That's not a three-pointer. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's a 10-pointer. Thank you, Sam. For Oh, man. Sam is really... And, like, Zach Moss is good, but he hasn't had one of those huge fantasy days. And to outscore every other person on, on the opposing team, I think that's... Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I'm seeing that I would have Zach Moss having a 12.9 fantasy point projection, and then Trevor Lawrence is 14.8, James Robinson 13.3. It's not, it's not a big gap for me. But, it's, a, but it's, it's a one versus them. the field. Yeah. That's not 1v1s, Spags. No, that's fine. How Open about... your mind. What about top five scoring fantasy players are Buffalo Bills, Pete? Is that a 10 point? No, that's what you tell me I'm <laughs> so not said, allowed to do have, But I could have it. So you want to do the exact same one as me? The one that I wasn't going to give you, yeah. Because you might give it to me. I wasn't going to give it to you. Show some creativity for once. Fine. <laughs> All right, you All know what? I'll take Jacksonville money line. Okay, nice. Oh, That's wow. a ten pointer. That's okay. Thank you. Uh, Atlanta seventeen point eight implied points. New Orleans twenty three point eight implied points. Uh, the line pretty close according to EDJSports.com as well. Pete, we're back to you to go first. Um, I don't think this is a ten pointer, so I'm not even trying to argue. I think it's more of a five. I'll take the three. I'll say Kyle Pitts outscores Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's a five, one. but we don't have five, so I'm taking the three. <laughs> All right, Sam, what do you want in this one? Atlanta, New Orleans, similar, but I'm gonna go. Kyle Pitts has more receiving yards than all of the non-running back Saints combined. So all the he has more receiving yards than all of the wide receivers and tight ends on the Saints combined. So we're talking Callaway, Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith, Johnson combined. You said combined. Okay, oh, that's yeah, 10. going for yeah. 10 points. Yeah. Yep. If it were individually, you'd have to throw in Kamara, but I think, yeah, combined, that seems pretty fair. Um, I will say <sighs> Trevor Simeon throws for 
275 yards and three touchdowns. Pete, is that 10? Sure. Thank sure. you. Okay, cool. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you had just tried to, I, we get it. You like backup quarterbacks. So just relax. Oh God. Yeah. Is he Italian? <laughs> Ma, don't you ever see me? The monkey man throwing bananas and shit all over the place. LA Chargers, 25.5 implied points. Philadelphia, 24 implied points. I think I'm due to go first. Worth pointing out, the EDJ sports line, this one's 57 compared to 49.5 in the books, which pretty big gap. So I guess I will say um, hmm, Mike Williams, millionaire maker winning lineup. All right. I like him. I think uh, he's a good GPP play this week. Price coming uh, down. <laughs> I will say uh, I'll stick on the Millie Maker theme. I'll say Devonta Smith in the winning Millie Maker lineup. I know, Sam, we would like that for our main event team as well. It would be. I'm going to go with this game combining, the two teams combining for over 80 total points. Did you say 80? Yeah. Okay. That's a 10-pointer. <laughs> all right. Like, I mean, that, the- has that happened at all this year? I mean, it almost happened last night. We're at 75 last night. Oh, God, you're right. All right, then maybe that's a (laughs) (laughs) three-pointer. No, I, I think that is a very safe 10 point again, 49.5 line. And yeah, a 57 point line according to DJ sports. So Sam, certainly uh, on the same page here, some great minds at the company that has probably us put on this show, Arizona, 21.8 implied points, San Francisco, 23.3 implied points. Uh, Sam, you can go first in this one. This is a, a bank on how I expect the game script to go and how I expect just the game to go. I think Trey Lance outscores Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo just gets benched at some point and Lance is in there and then just outscores him. That's a 10 pointer. Yeah, it's a 10. Cause yeah, there's a lot of contingencies there. So that's, that's Hey, uh, I'm going to do an impression of Spags for my pick. Oh no. Where, what is, where is this going? <laughs> I don't have headphones. Colt McCoy, 275 yards <laughs> and uh, one passing TD. Is that a 10 pointer? <laughs> I think it would have to be two and a half specs. Scene? I think it's got to be two touchdowns, I would say. All right. I'll steal it just for the bit. Okay, cool. That's fair. Uh, for me, I will take um, whoever is the Arizona starting QB is outperformed by one of the Niners QBs. I mean, that's, that's a three-pointer. Three, three, right? three yeah. three. I'll take, I don't look, you know, I'm trying not to take any threes, but I will take that one three again, solely out of spite after you did that hurtful impression of me. <laughs> <laughs> Green Bay, 20.3 implied points. Kansas City, 27.8 implied points. I am due to go first. Jordan Love, more fantasy points in this game than Aaron Rodgers has scored this entire season. Is that 10? <laughs> Wait, in uh, a single game or total? No, no. <laughs> it's totally going to put up... 475. <laughs> sure. What do you, do you know off the top of your head? What his highest scoring game was? Um, I can look it up on fantasy cruncher while you guys do it, but I, I think it's, I think it's gotta be. All right. Like, yeah. I assume he's had over a 30 point game this season. You'd, you'd think uh, to be clear, I'm doing this completely blind. I, it could be a good bet. could oh. be a bad bet. I was hoping you would actually look point nine. It looks like by my records is it's his highest high. on DraftKings scoring. Uh, I don't know if this is DraftKings. Oh, or... Oh uh, yeah, twenty six point eight in week two against Detroit, according to. All DJ right, Ford. I'll give you. I'll give you that. I mean, if he's. <laughs> all right, um, how many points do I get if, uh, by the end of the weekend, Aaron Rodgers starts a new podcast with Alex Jones? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a that's a twenty five pointer. Um, uh, let's see here. I will do. I will say. What will you give me? Okay, if Michael Hardman outscores Devontae Adams, is that a 10-pointer? I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah Thanks, guys. I so. so I don't love but, it, but it is a 10-pointer. Sam, what do you want? I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes outscoring all of the Green Bay positional starters. So that would be Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and Mercedes Lewis. Dot, 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 combined? combined oh hell yeah that's, yeah yeah that's a I, I, you know what Spags? i don't know like what i win if i win this Spags, but i'm just going i'm gonna give him a 20 pointer for that one i'm going for a record here okay. no i think I, it's a ballsy play sam and i think we're going to reward you and all of our love and adoration this one <laughs> if you somehow nail these picks last game sunday night football tennessee 22.8 implied points the rams 30.3 implied points uh, line of this one is eight. Yeah, there's not, not a big discrepancy here according to the EDJ Sports 100,000 simulations either. Uh, Sam, usually we just take a showdown captain for the Sunday night football, the island games as they were. Uh, so if you want to do it that way, you can. Oh, yeah. My, I mean, mine was going to be Adrian Peterson is just in the optimal showdown lineup, not necessarily the captain, but that do might you want be, to take uh... off one of the six condoms before you make that pick? <laughs> um, let's go with oh, who's good? Van Jefferson. Ooh, I love. I always overproject Van Jefferson. I like it. Uh, Spags, are we gonna have a gentleman's bet not to uh, pick AJ Brown? Yeah, sure. I, that wasn't even who I was thinking for it. Okay, and I, the gentleman's bet off. I'll <laughs> take uh, AJ Brown in the winning uh, captain lineup. Okay, I will take Matthew Stafford as the showdown captain, the okay. man who's just slinging it all over town and correlates well. Leverage is off of Van. Jefferson I bet what sometimes. it should have been. Cooper Cup was the uh the gentleman yes. i thought that, this that's... was like a points thing too like i, I mean i'll take cooper Cu uh, Cup no gentleman's agreement for line of construction though like van jefferson might be the best play because like he's gonna allow you to cram in aj brown and stafford and you know henderson and whatever so say it's... who again you wanted i'll take say... Tannehill. no take backs <laughs> Oh on that note, Sam, you of course are doing great work as the newly minted. I, people are calling you the data daddy. Is that a bit you're doing over at Stat Chasing? That came up once in the comments <laughs> several weeks ago. Okay, so the data and... daddy, Sam Hoppin, is over at Four for Four Football now and Betsperts. Uh, so tell everybody what they can expect from your work, what you're doing. And of course, they should be following you on Twitter at Sam Hoppin. Yeah, uh, head to four for four.com. We've got a lot of great betting content. Out there, going to be rolling out some NBA stuff here soon, which will be, which will be fun. And then, yeah, I put a lot of charts and visualizations out. My uh, weekly hop into conclusions article out on Thursday mornings as well. Be sure to check all that out. Make sure to follow at Sam Hoppin and check out all the work. Really, I'm doing a lot of great work, Sam. I'll say it to you in addition to the people out there, but um, definitely you. ahead of the curve here and doing some fun content as well. Stat Chasing Show is really helpful, I think, for the, the ship chasing universe that Pete is unbiasedly a part of as well. Pete, what are your plugs? Uh, my plugs are I am going to drink some beers tonight, maybe. 
I might Sours? go to some, like, a, like a bitch. I might. I'm gonna go. <laughs> shut up. I'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow morning. I might go to an open house. Um, that that's all I have right now. Spags. Actually, okay. no. The one plug. Uh, let's fill the deposit kingdom. Mm. Uh, rake free tournament on DraftKings was scrolling through the uh entries, couldn't help but notice one Mr. Chris Spags trying to clout chase his way to the top of that leaderboard. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's not me supporting my friend as he tries to fill a tournament. Yeah, I'll <laughs> fucking save my ten dollars, I'll put it in one of those single entries instead. <laughs> <laughs> it is a single entry tournament, you asshole. A better, a higher GPP. <laughs> I will be there competing with a hand built lineup, as that's my pledge to all of you out there. Make sure to follow at Sam Hoppin, follow at Peter Roversette, follow at Chris Fags. We will be back Sunday night, so follow at Splash Play Pod to check out the link when that drops. We appreciate all you guys for hanging out, and we'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Thank you.